0: Bang. We're on. Okay. Jesus Christ, I've got a fucking... (coughs) Excellent starts. Alright. Jesus Christ, what is up with my voice? I haven't spoken yet today. God, it's like this fucking treacle stuck down my throat. Okay. Ugh... What's the day? Monday, 17th of May. Yesterday I've just seen one of the greatest things I have ever seen in um <laughs> in my time of following Liverpool ever since uh 2010, I wanna say. Alison Becker has gone up <laughs> and scored a fucking header. Like I know I'm probably like the last of the A million podcasts and youtubers that you're probably going to hear from about this but it's just one of those moments like if you could check my twitter i just like it's when moments like that happen you just have no idea what to say what to do what to think what to tweet so i just filmed my own face and i just wanted to show like Like, just the reaction to that. Like, just what that did to me and my face. Like, I just couldn't really think of words. It was just really... You know, every... How many times in our lifetime have we wanted... Have we seen a goalkeeper go up for a corner in the last minute and we've always thought, oh, wouldn't it be brilliant? Wouldn't it be brilliant? Oh, wouldn't this? Wouldn't it be brilliant? And it never happens. But then it actually fucking happens and you just don't really know what to do with yourself like it's just baffling and it's like it's been perfect because I'm like just finishing uni and like these 3 years of uni has been me following liverpool sporting liverpool like they've really been my team of choice in the premier league and for it to sort of end on something like that like that moment beats um you know because that was just such a single moment of madness that made us win the game instantly That was more epic than the comeback against Barcelona. That was more epic than, you know, that's an Aguero-type moment. Like, that was just insane, and I'm still recovering from that. I was running around my room all by myself because I'm the only football fan in Sheffield, it seems, at my uni. But yeah, that was just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so a couple of things I want to talk about uh I'm scrolling through my note files at the moment on my phone and you know when like you think in your head like oh I wonder if I wonder who would be in my team of the season and you'll be like oh I guess this person's up front I guess this person's center back and I guess this person's goalkeeper so then you just start randomly just becoming like Pep Guardiola like drawing lines and just becoming an actual football manager and making these lineups and just losing about like hours of your life to these apps, these lineup apps or these FIFA apps of just putting these lineups down. And that's what I ended up doing. And then I'm looking at my team now and I sort of disagree with it, but <laughs> I'm just gonna go with it nonetheless, because it's too late for me to sort of rehash. But yeah. I've sort of tried to do a team of the season for the Premier League this season and what I originally planned on was uh, doing like a some sort of hybrid team where, you know, there's 20 teams in the league and, you know, a squad nowadays post-COVID is 11 players and nine subs. So what if I could just do like a 20-man squad, but I'm only allowed one from each club? And I wanted to do that, but then I wanted to have Ruben Diaz and Phil Foden, so that just went straight out the window. Um and also, I couldn't really name a single Fulham player, let alone a Fulham player that would be good enough uh so yeah, I'll start with the um I'll start with the bench because the bench is like it's a starting eleven and then nine subs on the bench, and the players that I wanted on the bench were like players that should have a mention, players that really should have some sort of involvement in a team of the season are heavily considered. But they're not quite the elite. Like, they should be there, but they're not quite there. So, my bench at the start... West Brom fans are going to hate this, but Johnston's on my bench. Johnston, obviously, has had an incredible season. He's like, it's very difficult sometimes to tell when a goalkeeper is good. Like, as a Liverpool fan, people tell me all the time that Alisson is brilliant. But I only see him make like two saves a month and yes they're brilliant but I'm just like I don't really know you could have an old lady sit in there same with Edison like everyone just tells me that they're amazing and I just go along with it but Sam Johnston is a goalkeeper where you can see how incredible he is I I guess it's easy for a goalkeeper to look great in front of a West Brom side like I think I saw him make a save the other day and he was buzzing about it like you know usually a goalkeeper will make a save and then barrack the defenders. This Johnston, when he makes a save at West Brom, he does it. And then he's like, fucking get in there. Like, yes. <laughs> he's just bigging himself up. Because he's like, if you're a goalkeeper like that, that wants a big move, you want to play for a team that has a shit defense. So you can really show how good you are. But yeah, that's Johnston. And the next player on the bench would be Ward Prowse, obviously. Just because he's been outstat it's purely for free kicks to be honest I it's very harsh because I don't really know what he does in play I don't I'm not too sure about that I don't really remember seeing James Ward prowse play regularly I've only seen him score free kicks I don't really know what he does on the ball officially but the free kicks just warrant him a place in the team regardless <clears throat> so then Jesse Lingard obviously for obvious reasons uh Mason Mount I've put on the bench because, you know, because, yeah, I need to explain that to Chelsea fans. Again, he's another player that people are telling me he's good, but I don't see him do anything. He's got a wicked shot. He's got a wicked finish. That's it. I don't see him do anything else, to be honest. But that's why Mount's on the bench and not in the actual squad. Um, Abriciese the guy from Crystal Palace, who's basically been running the shop, like he's ridiculous. I was always managing Crystal Palace on football manager, so I'm a little bit biased, but still, Eze has been incredible. I don't even know where he came from. Was he like from the youth ranks or something? But Eze was just incredible. And like, he's the best player at Crystal Palace. And that's, you know, a team with the likes of Wilfred Zaha and, you know, is of the world. And For a young lad like that to break through the first team and outperform all of them and be like the heartbeat of Crystal Palace, which I really rate, by the way. I really rate Crystal Palace. I know a lot of people think they're pretty shit and Roy Hodgson manages them and it's a certain type of football, but I've always rated Crystal Palace. I always rated them from day one. I really like him. Even with Ben Benteke scoring the odd goal, I still think he can be useful. And with a guy like Zahara on the left and then Eze in and around it. I think they're just a great team. And Eze has been the reason for that. I think he's been a revelation. Uh, So then Jack Grealish on the bench, obviously hindered from injuries. And I think we get a bit deluded with Jack Grealish. I think Jack Grealish is a player that is sort of the last, you know, remember when John Terry retired and when John Terry retired, everyone was like, oh wow, he's the last of a generation. Like he's, excuse me, he's the last of a very like, old-fashioned type of centre-back that has about 23 pace on FIFA and just is strength and just blocks everything and nothing else. Doesn't play with the ball at his feet, just back to defend. Like, John Terry was the last one. I think Jack Grealish is the last sort of Cantona-esque attacking midfielder that we have left. Like, I know he kind of plays on the wing sometimes, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, you see Jack Grealish come on the pitch and he's, Got his ridiculous hair, he's got his socks down to his ankles, his shin pads almost falling out, he's always covered in mud. And I'm like, that is so box office. Like, you want players like that in and around football. You know, you get players like Phil Foden that are mercurial talents, but then you interview the guy and he's just straight pan, he's just boring. Same with pretty much any other young English lad at the moment, but. With Jack Grealish, you get something. Jack Grealish makes you feel something. Jack Grealish is the heartbeat of Aston Villa. In more that Eze is the heartbeat of Crystal Palace. He literally... His personality shows in his football. Reminiscent of like Gerrard at Liverpool. Gerrard would be so good. Or like Robertson, nowadays. They play well because they're just angry. They're just getting their emotions out. Onto the football pitch. And... That's exactly what Grealish does. But on the other side of that, Grealish is still just, you know, I mean, we've only seen Grealish score like two or three world-class goals in an entire season, which he's been injured for most of. I don't watch Aston Villa religiously, but from my perspective, Jack Grealish is like just, he's fine. He's not team of the season material. Everyone's talking about get Jack Grealish in the England squad. But Grealish, he's fine. I'll give you that. He's fine. He's a solid six or seven out of ten, as Cam's go. But he's not... I think we just get carried away with the way he looks and the way he makes you feel instead of his actual ability sometimes. Um, But yeah. And then I've got Rafinha from Leeds. I think he's straight in there. He's been a revelation. To be honest, that whole Leeds squad has been a revelation. But I think Rafinha has been just an incredible signing. I think they signed him going into this season, you know, first season in the Premier League. And, you know, to play for that Leeds side is fucking tough. Like, what Bielsa forces a player to do in that Leeds side? They have to be so fit. They have to be covering so much ground. It's knackering to play for Leeds. But for Rafinha to stand out as... You know, the quickest, the one with the most stamina. In Leeds style football, in Bielsa style tactics, and you're the one that still doesn't even look like you're breaking a sweat. That's special. And then we could talk about the amazing goals that he scored. He played a huge part in the win against City. I just think Rafinha's incredible. That whole Leeds team could probably be in with a shout of being in this team of the season, but I think if you had to pick one out of Leeds it's, I, I know you would, you would be tempted to go Bamford, but Bamford, he he's in and around it. He he's there. We we haven't seen the rest of the bench yet. I'll I'll reveal it. So I'll reveal it later on. But Rafinha, I think, is the first name on the team sheet. I think from that Leeds squad, Rafinha has just been a revelation. Um. So then, later on in the bench, I do have Bamford as well. But yeah, Bamford is the second in choice of Leeds. But I still think Rafinha's deserves a place more in this team. So yeah, we've got Bamford. And then the last person on the bench is Alan St. Maximin. I just think it's really hard to look good in a shit team. And I think it's really easy to look good in a good team. I think, I mean, we all give Aguero credit for the goals that he scored and the incredible goal scoring record that he has. But it's very easy to score goals when you've got De Bruyne, David Silva, Uh, you know all these incredible creative players that create about 30 chances a game you're bound to be close to Shearer's record by then like it's going to be ridiculous but to be an incredible talent playing for Newcastle that is that is literally like that is like wading through quicksand that is like you know that episode of Top Gear when James May is racing that guy who's like a professional mud crawler and he's like crawling through the mud and he's like crossing an entire river in this like thick, deep mud. And then when he reaches the end, he looks like he's covered in shit and he's exhausted because of the like energy that takes to crawl through mud for about half a mile. That's what Alan St. Maximan is at Newcastle right now. He is surrounded Apart from Callum Wilson, he is surrounded by shite. And he is somehow a rising star. I love St. Maxman so much. I loved him from the first time he came on the pitch in the Premier League. I remember watching Newcastle, first game of the season where they signed him. And I remember him coming on as a sub. And I remember him getting the ball, taking it past two players, having a shot that hit the crossbar. And he's on the floor after he took the shot. And he did a ninja get up. Like you know, out of Mortal Kombat, where like you're lying flat on the floor, and then you just like raise your legs and just sort of swing yourself forward and land on your feet. Ninja get up. Alan Saint Maximin did that on a pitch. I saw him do that and I was like, Okay, I like this guy straight away. So it's, it's done. Sober. over. Alan St. Maximin gets in this side. I'm a stan of Alan T. Maximin. Okay, so this team moving on to the starting eleven. Uh, this okay? So <laughs> this is a team that I did maybe like I want to say four or five days ago now, and like uh, I don't know. Staring at it now, I'm just like, mm, maybe I disagree with it now, but I'll I'll still stick with it. Um, so we've got the goalkeeper is Martinez. I think everyone can agree with that. Martinez, for Aston Villa has been. He's the strongest footballer I've ever seen in the Premier League, bar Bayo Fenwa. Like, he's just a unit, that guy. And he's just been incredible. I don't know why Arsenal sold him. Everyone thinks the same about Martinez. I, I end up stating the obvious. Everyone thinks Martinez is an incredible goalkeeper. I don't need to convince you otherwise. So then i got a back four. I've gone with Ruben Diaz and Harry Maguire as the two centre-backs. And I know everyone's going to pout shit out me saying, oh, Maguire, Maguire's slab Maguire's overrated. Fuck off, Maguire is not overrated. Man United are second in the league and they deserve to be there. Even though I'm a Liverpool fan, we've got to give credit where credit's due. We all hated Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the start, but Man United are second in the league and they deserve it. I've always said at Man United, when you look at that defence of Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw... Wan-Bissaka, I've always said that that defence can win a league. I think that's a good defence. I rate that defence so highly. And Harry Maguire is mainly the reason for that. Maguire's immense. Maguire's on the end of everything. You know, they paid £85 for them, and people thought that, you know, people were laughing at that, but I think Maguire's changed them. I think Maguire really has, you know, the difference in that side when you take Maguire out and stick Eric Bailly in or... I can't even remember who else they have at centre-back but like I just think Maguire has been outstanding and to play for the team second in the league and be the best centre-back I think you have to be in the team in the season I think you just you just have to be so Diaz and Maguire Ruben Diaz I don't need to convince you Ruben Diaz has been the standout Man City player that's changed everything for them Um, so then left back I've got Luke Shaw because I really rate how a player can bounce back And, you know, we've all seen the photos of Luke Shaw on holiday when he looks like five stone overweight. And we all know the story between him and Jose Mourinho, where Jose would hound him. And then Luke Shaw's come back. He looks a bit like Jake Paul, but nonetheless, he comes back and he's an incredible player. He's he's one of the best left backs in the league right now. He's probably putting in better performances than Robertson, I'll be honest. It's been incredible. Like, he's been a great player, but when you also add the factor of his story, I think that puts him straight in the squad. I think context always matters with things like this. And then right back is Cancelo. I think Cancelo has really emerged in that right back position for Man City. When you've got competition like Kyle Walker and maybe Zinchenko, I don't really know what side Zinchenko plays, but competition like Kyle Walker and you end up being the star player in that position, that means you've got to be good. And, you know, I'm perfectly happy with saying... Cancelo at right back. Because I, I can't to be honest, I can't really think of any other right backs that would be worthy of mentioning there. I think it just has to be Cancelo, to be honest. Um so now, the formation I'm going with is 4-2-3-1. Just because I I I've got a soft spot for holding midfielders, right? I've got a really, really soft spot for holding midfielders. So the two in the 4-2-3-1, I yeah. Okay, get ready for this. The two is Thomas Suchek, which is fine. You can agree with that, but we can all say Thomas Suchek's had a great season. In this two, Suchek is the one to go forwards. The one to sit back, I would say, is Pierre McHoybjerg. I genuinely, I know we're all laughing at Spurs this year because they've just been a colossal cock-up. But Hoyberg I love a holding midfielder. I love a nice tackle. I love a guy who just sits back and protects the centre-backs. And Pierre McHoybjerg has just been incredible for them. I love Hoybjerg. I think he's just been fantastic. So Hoybjerg and Suchek are the two. Um, So the left wing, I'm putting Foden. I think we can all agree with that. I think Foden going into these Euros... I think Foden's going to be sort of the standout. Like, you know, back in 2018, when France won the World Cup, that was like the tournament that Mbappe sort of announced himself. I think this Euros, Phil Foden will announce himself. I think everyone's going to truly see how good Phil Foden really is, as long as Southgate plays him. So I think even though he's younger than me, a couple years younger than me, I'm sticking him at left wing in team of the season. Uh, The right wing is Mo Salah, because I genuinely think Mo Salah is the only player in the Liverpool squad that has turned up for every single match. And I watched Liverpool religiously this year as an armchair supporter. Everyone else has had good and bad days. Most of them have had consistently bad days. But Mo Salah has been the only player every single match to put 100% on that pitch, to try hard, to work hard, to still turn up and still put in the goals and still have that quality that's never left him ever since he had that ridiculous first season. I think he's been the only player that's performed consistently well for us. He's really turned up every single game. And, you know, he's the second joint top goal scorer, so he has to be in this team. And then up front is obviously Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane is, when he's fit, I think he's the best striker in Europe over Lewandowski, over Suarez, over anyone else. I think he's become complete these recent years. Like, I think he's a finisher, obviously, target man, obviously, but the way that he's dropping back now and linking up with, with Son, with lacelso with Lamella, he's just ultimate. He's just a complete forward now. And he's just... He will revolutionise any team that he walks into after he leaves first. Um, so yeah, that's my team of the season. It would be... <clears throat> just run for it again. 4 two, three, one Martinez in goal. Diaz and Maguire centre-backs. Left-back Shaw. Right-back Cancelo. The two holding midfielders are Pierre McHoybjerg and Thomas Suchek. And then the... Oh, I forgot to say the guy in the middle of the three. Okay. <laughs> And there's a reason for that. That's because this is the one that I kind of <laughs> disagree with now. Um, the dodgy ones were Hoiberg and this guy. Um, so, okay, I'll see I'll I'll make it sound convincing. Um, who I've gone with for the guy in the middle of the three, the cam, is James Madison. Because I think James Madison, anytime I see Lester play, James Madison is the heartbeat of it. I think... We are missing out. If James Madison doesn't get in the England squad, I don't know what planet everyone else is on. Like, I just don't understand how a player like James Madison isn't leading the line for England even. like I just think he's incredible. I think James Madison is centre mid, attacking mid. He just controls the game. His passing is incredible. His shooting is incredible. I've always seen him score screamers. Whether it's for Norwich or anyone else, like he's just unbelievable. He's really been part of why that Leicester side has been so consistent recently because of Madison. And I know he's had his injuries as well, but who hasn't? So Madison is the cam there. So then, so yeah, so then the three from left to right Foden, Madison, Salah, Kane up front. I think that's my team of the season for Premier League this season. I think there's, you know, the other ones that I was sort of contemplating Ben Mee, I was thinking about, I was trying to think of other centre-backs, but like no one was just on the same level. And Ben Mee was kind of the closest because I wanted to, you know, this was from part of the time where I wanted to just get at least one player from each team. And Ben Mee, you know, if I asked you, hi, Burnley FC, who's the best player? It's a tough question, but I guess you're going to say Ben Mee. I think Ben Mee is always a presence at corners. I think he's always... he's He wears, he is Burnley, 100%. Heart on his sleeve, Burnley FC, that guy. Captain. Questionable tackles on Wesley and Joe Gomez, but we won't mention that. Um, yeah, I just think Ben Mee was close to getting on that bench, but I just didn't want to leave out any of the other players with Johnston, Ward-Prowse, Lingard, Mount, Eze, Grealish, Rafinha, St-Maximin, Bamford. I think that's just such an epic nine-man bench that i wouldn't want to take any one of them out for the sake of ben me so i just kept it like that um other players that i was sort of mentioning or thinking about rather uh casper schmeichel i genuinely think casper schmeichel is the best goalkeeper in the league i just think particularly this season johnston and martinez have been better than him um Tried to think of Chelsea players, like Mount is in and around it, Ziyech and Thiago Silva, but I guess Thiago Silva is just like, you know, it's not a surprise. You know what you get with Thiago Silva. It's not like he's been a revelation. Tiago Silva's just Thiago Silva, innit? Like, that's it. Uh, Jota for Liverpool, I think has been an outstanding signing. He's been in a lot of injuries and but his involvement really did transform that front four, or the front three rather, to have him on the bench, on the edges, on the on the cusp of being on the pitch, it really did make a difference for that Liverpool side. Um, sorry, I am just looking through the other names. Uh, as, yeah, I don't really think anyone else is worthy of mentioning. Like Everton just had like what Richarlison and James Rodriguez. I know Calvert Lewin was like fucking like Rory Jennings says Dominic Calvert Lewandowski at the start of the season, and that was mental. We thought he was going to be better than Kane. But then he just sort of went quiet. And then, yeah, Richarlison and Rodriguez, the only two names here I have for Everton. That's really only I could really think about. Arsenal was a tough one. (laughs) Arsenal, I've literally just got Leno. No one else. Like, name another good Arsenal player at the moment. There isn't one. Like, it just doesn't exist. Martinez and Grealish from Aston Villa. Wolves I struggled with, but Pedro Neto has been the one that has always shown some brilliance, specifically the last 12 months. I think Pedro Neto was the one that was sort of in and around it. Uh, Eze was the only name I had for Crystal Palace. Same with St. Maximum for Newcastle. Brighton, I really like Tariq Lamptey. I was really contemplating having Tariq Lamptey in and around it with Cancelo, but obviously is far better. But Tariq Lampte I genuinely think, has a huge future. I love that kid. Anytime I watch him play for Brighton, I just think he's incredible, and it's such a young age as well. I think he's a, I think he's a talent. I really rate him, especially when you've got so many other right backs around you in that England side. I think Laptee's just fantastic. Um, Ward Prowse, only name from Southampton, Burnley. The o- me rather Ben me the only name from Burnley. Uh, Fulham, I really struggled. I had to Google it for Fulham, and all I could find was Ariola, the keeper. And Josh Madger, the guy that they signed at January, just because I know, well, if they signed him, he must be good. No, I had no fucking clue with Fulham, to be honest. Apologies if a Fulham fan is listening to this, but I just, no one knows who your players are. <laughs> just, you know, it was a tough one. Uh, West Brom is just Johnston. And Sheffield United, I just went with John Egan because I'm biased. I, I love John Egan. I used to see him play at Gillingham when I was back home before uni, and John Egan's just an essential epic talent but you know he's part of a team that's finished last so you can't really put him in the team of the season Um. so yeah I I guess I guess that's it yeah that's my team of the season of the Premier League this year and yeah I guess this is like my first podcast that I sort of want to you know I sort of want to give it a go this sort of podcast thing I sort of want to start you know just talking to myself really (laughs) like you know, conversations can be great with real people in real life, but then you know, you got to listen to their opinions then, and I don't care about their opinions. I'd rather just talk to myself, to be honest. That <laughs> sounded really harsh. Made me sound like a narcissist, but you all know what I mean. And to be honest, I feel like most people in the world are exactly the same. Uh, but yeah, I, I might make another episode of this. I might talk about, like, England teams and other football shit, but... You know, I'm also you can see my description, I'm also into any sort of sports really, any sort of gaming. I'm into F1, I'm into the UFC. So I'll probably just be you know, this probably won't have a set routine to it. I'll probably just sort of make it whenever I want to, just record it on my phone whenever I feel like I want to do an episode. It could be five episodes in a week, they're an hour long. Or it could be one 20-minute episode for a month. Like, it, I don't really have a structure for this, but I'm just going to sort of wing it and see how I feel. Because I feel like that's just the only way I'm going to get around to doing something like this. Uh, so yeah, I guess, that, how long is this? 29 minutes it's just ticked over. So yeah, I'll be back with another one talking about more football stuff, more F1 stuff. Formula One this week is at Monaco, which is going to be epic. And I'm really looking forward to that. And so, yeah, I guess I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.